0: So this is the time we're going into the word. on, I asked you to try and guess who the guest speaker today will be. I don't know if any of you did it. I haven't seen anybody who got it right. But we have Peter Vincent bringing the word <laughs> to us today. Praise God. Hmm. I'll just speak briefly about him. Peter Vincent is an elder at Community Church. Bishop Stotford and serves the relational mission on behalf of the Apostolic team by supporting churches in the UK and in Europe. He serves us also in that capacity and often comes to our eldership team meetings and has preached at Community Church Chafford 100 several times in the past. For many of you, you'll remember him. He usually comes with his lovely wife and When an elder is going to be appointed, he's usually there. So, Peter Vincent is not a stranger to us. He's a blessing to us, and we thank God for the gift of him in our lives. So, he's going to bring the word to us today, and we pray that the word will come into our lives And will do that which God desires it to do in the name of Jesus Christ. As we're listening to the word, let us reach out with faith and there will be transformation in Jesus' name. God bless you as you do so. Amen.
1: Well, hello. Uh, It's really good to be with you this morning and to be able to speak to you. Uh, not just on behalf of myself, but on, I come on behalf of uh, Mike Brett's and the relational mission team. Uh, we're on mission together uh, all around the world, actually, aren't we? Uh, on behalf of Jesus, and it's great to be able to share in it wherever we are. I wonder. Hope you enjoyed the worship that we've just we've just had. I had been asked by David to send some worship from Community Church and. I've picked one that was a highlight Sunday for us. It was a special one. I hope you've appreciated that and been able to uh, encounter God and worship him with all your hearts as we've joined in with that. I don't know how lockdown's been with you. Of course I don't. Uh, for me and Angela, it's been quite mixed, really. We've had lots to do on the one hand, but been at home much more on the other. We did manage to get away, which was lovely, and I realise many of you won't have been able to do that. Uh, I do hope you've been aware of God with you because he's always with you and whatever it is that lockdown has looked like for you one of the things that we found is that we've been able to spend far more time with neighbors and community in our street has blossomed Uh, Angela was able to pray with one of our neighbors just last week and three of our neighbors have actually started alpha courses just in the last few weeks as well so we're really thrilled about that as you can imagine we're all on mission together and today I want to talk to you a little bit about that. Jesus had a mission to all the world, there are many local expressions and when David asked me to speak to you today, I, as I was reflecting on it, I was quite quickly drawn I think by God to a particular message that I had just prepared for Bishop Stortford Church and I just felt it was the right one for you guys as well and then when I later spoke to David and discovered the series that you've just begun called Scattered which is exactly the same title um, as this new series that we have also just begun over here uh, and on which I explain in a moment how that came about I think you we can see quite readily that God is leading us he's speaking to us and he has something to say to his church certainly in the UK in these days, which is quite prophetic and important, I believe. So God speaking despite our circumstances. He has things he wants to do. And uh, this message was uh, delivered live, uh, recorded live uh, a couple of weeks back. And there are a couple of glitches on the sound in the middle. So please don't worry about that. Just bear with that for a few moments and it will carry on uh, as normal. And uh, we will pick up the series in how it came about. God bless you. Have a really good morning. Three things have come together to lead us into this series. The first is that as a group of elders, as we're praying and asking God, well, where do you want us to go as a church? What are you speaking to us about? And uh, we really wanted to do some teaching from the Bible. We believe in the the Word of God. And uh, we were drawn to the New Testament particularly. And I found myself as I was reading Philippians getting very excited. Something was stirring in me and uh, chapter 1 especially, as uh, you'll see in a moment. And uh, when I shared this with the team, we were all getting uh, quite stirred. Let's, we're going to unpack Philippians through the term. And let me just read you some extracts. First of all, they'll come up on the screen to read together. Remember that Paul the Apostle is chained up in prison when he's writing this. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the good news from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day Christ Jesus returns. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. As a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. But what does it matter? Notice this next bit. The the important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. He goes on. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. There's a standout theme in chapter 1, isn't there? The extracts of which I've just read. Partnership in the good news. Paul says, what's happened to me served to advance the gospel. Even in prison, that's his mindset. That's what he's thinking about. The important thing is that in every way Christ is preached. Most of the brothers and sisters have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously. There's a theme of partnership. There's a theme of fresh courage. There's a theme of deep devotion. For me to live is Christ. To die is gain. So that's the first thing. It was our eldership reflection on the scriptures and how God was leading us. The second thing that's come together is simply our context. We recognise we want to preach into the context that we find ourselves living in, in these current days. We are a church that is scattered almost entirely. We're not able to meet together as we normally would do, along with the churches all around the nation and indeed many around the world. And then the third thing that's come together is we were recommended a book... I believe it was Mike Betts who recommended the book Scattered Servants by Alan Scott. And as the, the elders read this, we were very stirred by this. And uh, it seems to us that there is a prophetic message here in this book that came out last year, a prophetic message to the global church of quite some significance. Therefore, we've made it book of the term and i encourage you to, to get it and to read it. It's an exciting book. All these things line up with Philippians chapter 1. Boom. And so we've chosen to focus in this chapter for the first part of the term and we'll go on to the rest of the book in the rest of the term. Let's just take a minute to consider the Jerusalem church because this is a church that got scattered. They had been given instructions, go into all the world until I come back. Jesus had said, wait until the Spirit comes, then go to Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. They'd been given in the Spirit. Everyone was filled at Pentecost, we read. They had gathered thousands. Peter had said to a great crowd, each of you must turn from your sins and turn to God. And you know, 3,000 did exactly that on that very day. I just want to stop for a moment and ask you have you turned to God I can remember very clearly the day that I turned to God I came from a place of not being in relationship with him to knowing him personally and he has that for every single one of you listening today whoever you are and wherever you are you can turn to God and he calls you to do that This church in Jerusalem, they gathered thousands to turn to God. They devoted themselves to church life. They shared their possessions. And they got stuck in Jerusalem. It was almost as if they'd forgotten what Jesus had told them to do. To take the message, not only to Jerusalem, but to Judea and Samaria, which was the areas, the regions around, and then on to the ends of the earth. So what happens next? Well, in Acts chapter 8, it tells us how a great persecution came. And everyone except the apostles in that church in Jerusalem were scattered. And this scattering resulted in them taking the good news about Jesus wherever they went, and it says specifically throughout Judea and Samaria. See, the world wasn't going to be reached by a church that was stuck in Jerusalem. In this case, it was the persecution that scattered them and took them to the regions that Jesus had right in the beginning told them to go to. My uncle, my uncle Cliff and my brother and my father uh, were going for a walk a long time ago and they were chat, chat, chat and Cliff was a real talker and he was walking along, talking, talking, talking to my dad and suddenly, bang, he walked straight into a lamppost and broke his nose. And he had a bent nose for the entire rest of his life, the next like 80 years. He was so busy talking to his brother that he didn't look where he was going. You might ask yourself the question, (laughs) it just occurred to me to ask, why didn't my dad tell him? Why didn't he warn him? Well, maybe he hadn't seen the lamppost. Or maybe he thought it would be rather funny if his brother walked into it. I don't know. Brothers can do things like that sometimes. But for us... God's calling us as a people to warn people don't walk into the lamppost in their spiritual sense of the word. You know, as we look at this whole idea of being partners in the gospel, not leaving people to walk into the spiritual lamppost, it's really important that you hear this next bit right from here, which is this. This is not going to be anybody putting anybody under any pressure. This is going to be us asking god to change us from the inside to come on us by his spirit so that something happens inside in our hearts as a result of which our hearts are changed our lives are changed and the way we live our lives is changed and i know that the holy spirit inside every one of you is witnessing with this is saying yes to this there's something in you that says yeah i really want to be able to help people to point people to jesus but i just find it really really difficult Do you know what we do? We all do. I do as well. But God wants to help us. And I do believe that these things are lining up as he's pointing us in this direction to say, okay, church, you've not been able to meet together. You've been scattered. But actually, I'm going to bring great purpose out of it as I touch your hearts and send you out of the building into the community where you live and the people you're amongst. Let me read to you a short extract from Alan Scott's book, uh, this book of the term. He says this the dream of God over your life is not that you become a believer and help out the local church the dream of God over your life is that you come alive in his presence and bring life to every environment spilling contagious hope into hurting humanity the next great move of God is not a movement in the church but a movement of the church What about us as a church then? Well, we also, just like the church in Jerusalem, we've been given instructions. Biblical instructions to go and make disciples of all nations, as Jesus said, and he said, I'm with you always until the very end of the age. And that's not yet come, so the instruction still stands. Ask the Lord of the harvest, Jesus said, to send workers out into the harvest fields. He's called us. We've been instructed to be partners in the gospel. We've had biblical instruction. We've also had prophetic instruction. It was a few years ago now that one of our elders, Ian Colville, brought a prophetic word on his leaving Sunday as he moved back to Northern Ireland. And his words were, God's calling you to broadcast the seed. Two weeks later, Andrew and I were on holiday in Cornwall. I'll never forget this. We went into this little chapel by a beach on a Sunday morning and this guy called Barry Kissel was the visiting speaker. He was a well-known Christian leader who I'd known from a previous generation an older man now, and he said, God's called me. He said, wherever I go, I give the same message to the people of God. It's this, broadcast the seed. The hairs went up on the back of my neck at that point because I knew God was speaking. We have biblical instruction. We have prophetic instruction. We believe in the word and the spirit. We're absolutely committed to both. And here they are, right lining up. Anna Scott says this, God doesn't send the lost into the church. He sends the found into the world. We do find it hard, but God is and will help us. So, we've been given instructions as a church. Secondly, also, we've been given the Spirit. He was promised. Jesus said, Turn, sorry, Peter the Apostle said to the crowd, Turn to God, then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to all who've been called by the Lord. The coming of the Holy Spirit on the believer is a promise to all who believe. That includes you. He lives in you. It was Jesus who said, I will ask the Father and he will give you the one who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit. Whoever believes in me, he went on to say, rivers of living water will flow from within you. By this, the writer says he meant the Spirit. So he was, the Spirit was promised and the Spirit lives in us, in you. So therefore, we don't need to wait. We don't need to wait. We're terribly good at waiting in England, in the UK. We're very good at waiting for the doctor. Sorry, Quessy. We're very good at waiting at Sainsbury's these days to even go in the shop. We're very good at waiting to cross the road. We, we wait for the green light. You know, God's given us a green light. He said, I've given you instruction. I've given you my spirit. I live inside you. I've called you to go. You've got the green light. You don't need to wait. But sometimes we do. The Spirit has come. And we step out on the promise that he is with us and will be with us. Not, we don't wait for the next experience before we go. We don't need to feel him. We need to And when we step out, he steps in. The spirit comes as we go, if you like, would be another way of putting it. And Jesus did more among the people than he did in the synagogue. It was when Peter and John were walking to the church meeting that they came across the cripple in Acts chapter 3 and brought healing power into his life and he walked, he'd never walked before. It was when I was engaged in a conversation with some neighbours of mine a little while ago now, well into the conversation, after a church event that they had come to as guests, that I became overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit of God and a compassion that he had for their salvation. And I actually wept over them. They soon after relocated, they retired and moved away. I don't know what happened next, but I do know that God was on them when we spoke. It was as I stepped out that God stepped in. Alan Scott says this God is doing more beyond the church than he's doing in the church. While we wait for greater anointing in the church, we miss our appointment in the field. We don't want to do that, do we? And you know, I have missed loads of opportunities. I will have missed them because I didn't even notice them and I've missed some because I've fought shy of them and decided, oh, no, no, I can't go there. But I also at learning to take more of them, to ask God for more and to take them. We went on holiday recently, as you know, in our camper van and um, we had a couple of nights en route to Orkney, as you can imagine, one of which was in Northumberland And I got talking to a guy at the campsite and um, I thought, oh, this is a really friendly guy. We're having a good chat. And uh, I discovered his name was Christian. And when he said his name was Christian, but obviously he wasn't a Christian, my kind of spiritual antenna went up and I thought, oh, I think there's there's not coincidence that God's led me to speak to him. Anyway, cut a long story short, we had a great conversation, and before I left I was able to give him a little booklet as to how to find Jesus. It's called Why Jesus. If you haven't read it, you might like to look it up online and get it. Lockdown is creating lots of opportunities for Andrew and I in our road to chat to neighbours and to get to know people in the way that we didn't before and I want to encourage all of you to look for those opportunities as well. Last week I was having a coffee with somebody and I got up from the table outside Albert's in Thorley and, uh, to walk home and um, there was a guy just walking down the, the pavement there who was obviously struggling, had a stick and his, his legs were, were difficult to move and um, and so I I kind of thought and saw him and, and walked by. And then something inside me said, Peter, go back and talk to him. So I turned around and, and walked around and, and, and chatted to him. And uh, was able to chat to him and in the end to pray with him for his healing. He was happy for me to do that. It was a God-given opportunity. I could so easily have missed it. In fact, I, I kind of went away and then I thought, no, 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 come back. Last week, um, Angela was able to talk to just from helping some people with some food distribution, end up talking to five different neighbours for over a period of about twenty five minutes. People that we'd not we didn't spend time with before lockdown. Lockdown Lockdown's created opportunity to get to know people. In fact, just the other day she was able to pray with one of our neighbours for the first time. So we've been given instructions, we've been given the spirit, we don't need to wait. When he steps out, when we step out, he steps in. So what holds us back? Why don't I step out more? Why don't you step out more? Why don't we go very much? Well, it may be we need motivation. It may be that we're fearful. It may be that we get distracted. For me, I can identify that it's all three at different times, or sometimes all three together. But I do believe that as we get more motivated, so distraction ceases to become a problem because we become more focused. And I think that's what God is wanting to do with us as a church, is to help us to become more focused on the instructions that he's given us to do in every way possible. And it will be different for all of us to do our part in being partners in the gospel and helping to share good news about Jesus and point people towards him. God's heart is for the lost, is for people who have never turned to him. He wants to help us, to engage us, to inspire us to take part in that search, to go out there and to search for people who are lost, who are walking towards that proverbial spiritual lamppost before they hurt themselves on it. Everyone needs to turn to God. You know, when I step out, and engage with chatting to somebody which sometimes might lead to praying for them and sometimes won't but whenever I engage and chat to people and whatever that might lead to I'm always glad afterwards Jesus is always there and the Holy Spirit is always doing something and the same is true for you let me draw to a close Alan Scott says this spiritually lost people are irresistible to the Spirit of God They are at the heart of the mission of Jesus and the longing of the Father. Therefore, every step that scattered servants take beyond the building is a step into what God is doing. We know, don't we? The Bible tells us God wants everybody to be saved. So what Alan Scott says is absolutely true. We've been given instructions. We don't need to wait. When we step out, He steps in. What's our response? Let's seek to move forward and to ask God to touch us and to change us where we need to, to give us the courage to motivate our hearts, to give us compassion that people we know around us and to lead us forward. Let's pray together, shall we? I want to encourage you to, uh, if you're you're happy to, just to hold your hands out to God as a sign of, of wanting to invite him to come and touch you today. It may be that you know that you need more passion, you need more motivation, you need more compassion, however you might like to express it. Why not ask God now to come and touch you and to change something in your heart? I believe he's doing that in my heart and I'm asking him, Father, I pray that you will continue to touch my heart with the compassion that you have for the people around me who don't yet know you. And I pray that you will touch all of our hearts as we reach to you right now, that we'll be different from this moment on, that something has changed in Jesus' name that results in changed lives, changed ways of living in the future. The more you pray for people who don't yet know Jesus, the more passion will grow in your heart. So let's be praying for people and we'll find that that's one of the ways that God answers the prayer that we've just prayed. It may be that you need more courage. Let's ask God for courage. Jesus, you know that there are times when an opportunity presents itself or somebody's there that we could just chat to. Not necessarily even about you, but just chat to. And we find it difficult. We need courage to step out. I pray that you will put such a a courage in our hearts that such a compassion in our hearts that goes with it uh, that will cause us to start chatting to people will cause us just to take that step knowing that as we step out you will step in and that you'll be doing things holy spirit come on us change us give us fresh courage as we step out in jesus name and it may be that this morning you need to turn to God, that you realise as we speak, as I was speaking earlier that I've, I've never done that, then I encourage you right now that you can make that decision as I did years ago. It's the best decision I ever made. The second best decision was marrying my wife. The first best one was to come and follow Jesus, turning to God, becoming somebody who knows him and follows him, worships him and serves his purpose on the earth, bringing purpose and meaning to the whole of life. So if you've never done that, you've never turned to God, I encourage you to do that today. Begin to speak to him. Just say to him, sorry for the things that you've done that haven't been good. And then talk to somebody. Talk to a Christian friend if you have one. If you don't have a Christian friend, I'd encourage you to either write to us if you'd like to, Or just hang around after the end of this this service in just a couple of minutes' time. There'll be a Zoom call uh, with people waiting to chat to you as a guest if you'd like to do that. The information on how to do so will be on the screen in just a moment. God bless every single one of you. I hope you have a really good week and I'll see you again soon.